0: Good morning and welcome to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. i got a couple announcements for us. One of them is this week is the per capita week. So if you have your envelopes and your family has your envelopes, that means you put your per capita in. Just wanted to give you the heads up. And then also next week we're having a congregational meeting. And it's actually going to be a part of the potluck. We're going to end the service, go over Get our plates, and then we're going to talk at you for a minute. Robert's is here. That's wonderful. Um, also, it's Super Bowl, soup, er, bowl, like soup as in Campbell soup. By the way, is anybody from the Midwest? Anybody from Michigan? Why do they say Campbell instead of Campbell? We'll talk about that in a minute when, when, I'm, when we're doing our rounds and saying hello to one another. Any other announcements? I think that's about it. Um, I'm glad you're here. Look to your right and look to your left and just tell them you're glad you're here. And let's stand up and greet one another in the name of the Lord. Okay. Excellent, excellent. Excellent. Why don't you remain standing and face my direction? As we quiet ourselves and prepare ourselves to worship, we've been in a series on the first chapter of John, the Gospel according to John, and it starts with John's description of Jesus. Do you remember that huge cosmic view? that Jesus arrives, and he is the second Genesis, he's the second Exodus, he is the Alpha and the Omega, huge picture. And then we end this chapter, and we're going to be covering this text later, with um, Jesus' Jesus's description of himself. He actually, actually uses the favorite, his favorite title for himself at the end of this chapter, and we'll be preaching on it. But I want to take this time and just recognize that Jesus, in all four Gospels, he loves calling himself the Son of Man. And the Son of Man is one of those titles that you can dig into scriptures and you find enormous depth. The first half of Son of Man is, he's totally human. Like you and I. I'll read Psalm 8 for. what is mankind that you are mindful of them human beings that you care for them. So there's this humility that rushes in with the son of man title, but then there's also visions of Daniel Daniel seven thirteen and 14 in my vision at night. I looked and there before me was one like a son of man. Coming with the clouds of heaven, he approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and all peoples of every language worshiped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Let's worship the risen Christ. Please be seated and uh, send the students and children forward.
1: Hey good morning y'all um, my good friend Chad reminded me that uh, you guys like Jason right away because he brought you candy and uh, I, I brought you chocolates so take one pass it, take one pass it on and uh, go ahead and eat it right away that's cool Not um, yeah, for real um, Anyway, sweets are great, but uh, here's a a free tip. I've found that it's better, that a better way to get to know people and to become fast friends is to suffer with them instead of have some sweets with them. Sometimes suffering works. Or do something hard with them, do some hard work together, or face a challenge. Sorry, I'm reading my notes because I'm kind of nervous here but anyway do you adults agree with that face a challenge with someone grow closer Okay, Uh, raise your hand if if you're on a team or if you've been on a team ever before did you uh, get closer become closer friends with your teammates Um, has anybody been on a low budget road trip or camping trip (laughs) I don't have time to tell stories but Jason knows what I'm talking about and uh, that's why we trust each other. And that's why, part of why we've been such good friends for 30 years now. Uh, lately, Jason and I have been hanging out with the daytimers. And we've been studying the book of Philippians. Paul wrote Philippians from prison. And he was suffering. But uh, Paul knew that Jesus had suffered. And he looked at uh, his own suffering as a way to grow closer to Christ, to know him better. And uh, he thought of it as a way for him to conform to Christ and be like him through suffering. Similarly, Jesus used suffering to know you better. He came to earth and he didn't skip being a kid. He wanted to experience challenges and temptation and suffering like you do, so that you could trust that he really knows you. Jesus' childhood wasn't all frankincense and myrrh all the time. His family had to hide out in Egypt, and then when they came back, there weren't a lot of kids his age, and, uh, you know, there were maybe rumors going around about his parentage, and uh, he had some younger siblings, and that can be a, a blessing, but sometimes a challenge also, right? Anybody know about that?
2: <laughs> uh,
1: and uh, maybe he was a little bit nerdy and liked hanging out at church more than uh, some kids did. And, uh, you know, before his ministry started, when it seems that his uh, his stepdad, Joseph, passed away. So he went through some stuff, you know. Um, When you're struggling or suffering with life, I want you to know that Jesus did that too so that he could relate to you and so that you and he could know each other and love each other better. Uh, Was anybody surprised by the chocolate I gave you? (laughs) Was it a good surprise? All right i wasn't surprised at all, by the way, because I made those chocolates, and I knew exactly what I put in them uh, when I was young, I felt like God had a perfect plan for the world, and to his surprise, we blew it. I blew it, but that's not right uh, in this room, like jason said we've uh, grown ups have been learning about uh, the gospel according to John and how Jesus was there in the beginning before the world existed. He was the word that spoke it into existence and he made all of us. Um, he didn't make us robots. He could have made us out of pure gold with no pimples But he didn't do that because it's pretty hard to have a loving friendship with a gold statue. King Midas knows about that. Just like I know exactly what I put in those chocolates, Jesus knows exactly what he made you out of. He knew you would be curious and love and laugh and cry and struggle. He knew you would hurt one another. And disappoint him. But he is not surprised at all. He knew you would need redemption. And redeeming you. Was his loving plan from the very beginning. So lean into that. Uh, Let me pray to close. Lord God. Thank you for sending your son Jesus. Thank you for loving us from the beginning. And thank you for planning to redeem us from the very beginning. We're glad that uh, we don't surprise you, but we do delight you. Uh, Help us to love you more and to love each other more. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I'm going to
0: ask that Dwayne come and give us a report.
1: Real quick, real quick. I was going to say there are chocolates for adults too. Afterwards, see one of my family members. Do you want to stand at that one? Just
3: go up there. I like.
0: But that mic has a little trouble. You might want to just hand.
3: I'm getting. Oh, stupid. Silly phone. Hi, I'm Dwayne Tobert. Sorry about that. My phone's going crazy. Playing music. I just want to give you a quick update about the uh, stewardship and the status of our uh, pledges so far for 2020. As of now, we're about 90% of last year's total pledges. Uh, So we're doing kind of all right. However, we lost one of our largest contributors last year. So we're really gonna have to make up the difference. Um, We probably haven't got all the pledges yet, I suspect based on the previous years. So uh, if you haven't turned in a pledge card yet, please do so you can find them on uh... in the um, in the pews or in the uh... on the table in the narthex uh... a second note is uh... with our new software system everybody with an email registered in the system will receive their um, statement via email so if you have an email address and you don't think it's in the system you can contact me or Elsie in the office, and uh, from that point forward, you'll get your statements via email. Thank you.
4: Now we'll jump the octave and do the same thing with go, I am free. Thine will see. through you the moon will sing, through you the dead will rise, through you all hearts will praise, through you all darkness flees, through you my heart's Here we go. Oh, I am. To the darkness as you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. He's born will sing We will
5: The proof of God's amazing love is this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And because of that faith that we have in him, we dare to approach God with confidence. So in faith and in penitence, let us confess our sins before God and before one another together. Merciful God, We confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors and we have refused to hear the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So hear the good news. Who is in a position to condemn? Only Christ. And Christ died for us. Christ rose for us. Christ reigns in power for us. Christ prays for us. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old life has gone, the new has begun. Know that you, that me, that we are forgiven and be at peace, amen.
0: beautiful. People say, why do you speak so fast? How are you supposed to come up after that and not be amped? Bring it, it, right? I'll try and slow down, but that is excellent. Thank you very much. Um, We're finishing up, like I said, at the beginning of the service when I called to worship with uh, our series on the first chapter of John. Just a background before we get to our text. Jesus had two best friends, you remember? Peter and John. And then The synoptics are written, and then John is the last to be written, and by the time John writes his gospel, he's an older, wiser man, and so it's very different than all the other gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and I just want to give you that in the backdrop, and then um, the overarching thing is it starts with a redoing of Genesis and Exodus as Jesus being there at the beginning and a huge cosmic view. And then it hits the boot, uh, boots on the ground. And we hear about a, a, a man named John the Baptist. And that character is phenomenal. Like he was an amazing, I just, I was struck last Monday. My, my, my family and I, we were watching the I Have a Dream speech. And both John and Martin Luther King, John the Baptist, both go to Isaiah 40. And they have that vision where Isaiah has that vision where the mountains will be made low and the low will be raised up. And so I don't know about you, but this has been a week full of worshiping God. Uh, I don't, it was just an amazing Martin Luther King. And thanks for joining us last week when Pastor Hector. I just think I can speak an hour on that, about how the church needs to be multicultural yesterday. Uh, amen? Okay. We're going to get to the text. Um, Any other things I need to cover? Right before this, he's just called the first two disciples, Jesus has. And then we're going to hear about the calling of Nathanael and Philip. And we're going to start in verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him. We have found him about whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph, from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come from, out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said to him, Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, Where did you get to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathaniel replied, Rabbi, teacher, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. This is the word of the Lord. Join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray that your words would be my words. Anything of you would penetrate the hardest of hearts and never be forgotten and changes forever. Any words that are from me would be forgotten and fall to the ground. And all God's people said. It starts with a simple. Jesus, hey, let's go to Galilee. Really pragmatic. He's just, hey, let's go to Galilee. He walks, and they're walking with... um, And he comes up to this Philip, and he says the two words. What are those two words? Follow me. That's Christianity in a nutshell. Jesus meeting us where we're at and saying, hey, Gwen... Follow me. Hey, Erlinda, follow me. Hey, Jim, follow me. Jeff, follow me. Paul puts it in the same nutshell later on a couple times he writes in his letters. You know what? Follow me as I follow Jesus. We make it too complicated, Right? We make it too complicated. We, we think we don't have what it takes to convince people that Jesus is real. We don't have the, um, enough intellect. We don't know the right, we haven't read the right books. Jesus doesn't come out with like a, an evangelism game plan and a strategy to trick people into believing that he's real. He simply says, follow me. And that call comes to each of us this morning. Follow Jesus. And then you get a, a, a picture at the first evangelist. Philip goes to his friend, Nathaniel. He says, hey, I think, I think he... We, I just found the Messiah. I think we found him. I think we, 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 he's it. And what's Nathaniel's comeback? Can anything good come from Nazareth? I think that's funny. There was a couple of people giggling. And I think they were, they were the ones listening. So failure to everyone else. Now I'm just messing. <laughs> Oh, everybody's like, oh, I love being a pastor of Presbyterian Church. I just throw you all into the bus and, like, you guys are B students, and everybody's like, no, Okay. (laughs) He says, can anything good come from Nazareth? Because we just found out they're from a town nearby, a bigger town. If anybody's been to Holy Land, they know that where Jesus grew up, they now have a building That covers all of the town. That's how small of a town Nazareth was. They have like, it's like streets and stuff like that. And then Nazareth has grown up around it, but there's just one building that is where Nazareth was. Has anybody, did anybody grow up in a small town? I grew up in a small town. I was born in San Antonio, Texas, moved to Missouri when I was two, moved to Massachusetts, Millis, Massachusetts outside of Boston when I was six, and then stayed there through freshman year of high school and then moved out to California. But that time growing up in Millis, Massachusetts, we had one stoplight. We had, we had McDonald's. <laughs> the town next door, Medway, had Burger King. You know, Everybody had a house of pizza because it was Massachusetts. But then I, I started my freshman year at an all-boys Catholic school in Westwood, California. Uh, Westwood, not Westwood, California. Westwood, Massachusetts. And uh, it was an all-boys Catholic school. It's called Severian Brothers High School. And we, my mom would drive me, and we'd get off the river. And I remember one time we were talking about uh, where we were from, and I was like, I'm from Millis. And these guys from Brockton were like, you're from Millis? Do you guys t- cow tip? Like, really? <laughs> it's like, what do you do out there? <laughs> and truth is, we just climbed every school and we set a lot of fires. But <laughs> but that's the kind of thing that Nathaniel's thinking. Nathaniel's like, there's nothing that comes out of It it. Was, it was like a small town rivalry. You know, it's like a Newport, he- a Newport person saying, can anything good come from Costa Mesa? Oh, you Mustangs. <laughs> don't don't get crazy on me. But you also see, you see, there's so much going on. I love I could I love this, I love this Bible. I love this Word of God. I love this Gospel. We learn like how to do evangelism. We also know we, we also find out a little bit of who. You ever wonder why when you show up to a church? It's just a group of misfits, right? There's some weird people in this room. <laughs> and if you don't think you're weird, or you don't know what I'm talking about, you're probably that person. <laughs> but it's, it's Jesus is picking out his 12 to go into battle with. And we find that in a second. Look, you can deduce by by here. These two, Nathaniel and Philip, are both brilliant. They're both Jewish. They were both very trained in the word of God. One of them was just a quiet kind of follower, thinker. You know, that's Philip. And Nathaniel. Nathaniel's the rabble-rouser. Nathaniel's the questioner. He's not taking anything as, like, he's questioning and, and, and digging in. This is my plug right now. If you're not in a small group discipleship group, if you don't meet with daytimers, nighttimers, one of the six or seven women's Bible studies that's around here, do it. Because it's it's mystical, it's magical how, when God's people come together and God's word is explored, discipleship happens, and the people that are kind of looked over. And looked past outside these walls and outside this community, are heroes in here. And Nathaniel's one of those. He's like, I don't know. And then I want to pause right now and thank God for a guy named Rob Bell. I don't know if you know the there's, he's controversial. He was a controversial dude. He came out with Velvet Elvis and he came out with these books, and. He came out with this one that love wins, and there was a famous theologian, a guy named who's that guy's name? that super reformed dude. Anybody? Not Keller No, not no, he's alive today. she's <laughs> church history nerd starts saying Luther. Anyway, no, no if I, no, it wasn't MacArthur. It was I forget the guy's name, but he said, Farewell, Rob Bell, and it blew up the internet. Like, everybody was like, oh, man, I don't know what happened, but Rob Bell, his name kind of got trashed. But I'm so grateful for the dude because he is such an explorer and such a word man, like he's in the Bible. And he, he has a really good take, and he's done his homework on this section of Scripture. And if you have any time, search the search the World Wide Web, the www, for Rob Bell's Numa and the calling of the disciples. He does a 20-minute take, and we could just watch it, but I'll kind of sum it up. Um, if you look in between the lines, you, it's obvious that Philip and Nathaniel are too old to follow a rabbi. Rabbis, you, every Jewish child at this time their dream was to be a rabbi they were raised knowing and studying and memorizing the scriptures they knew the middle letter of the pentateuch the first 5 books of the bible they knew the torah they they knew it backwards and forwards and so they would raise them up and they would have consistently have quizzes they would consistently have reviews and around the age of 12 13 they would go before the rabbi and they would interview to become a a disciple, an apprentice, a follower of a rabbi. And they would be quizzed. And if they failed that quiz, that means they couldn't be a rabbi and they would go be a fisherman. They would go be whatever sustains. But it's obvious at this point in the story that these two are so deeply knowledgeable about the scriptures but they're too old to be a rabbi that they had failed. They were failures. And here's a here's a, here's an interesting twist. You usually applied to be a rabbi a, a disciple I mean. You would go to the rabbi and you would apply, you would ask. Here's the rabbi coming and finding the disciple Here's the rabbi coming and finding each of us. And disciples had a a saying that they would say amongst one another. May you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. Repeat that. May you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. Because that should be a saying amongst each of us. What does that mean? Disciple is a deep beautiful word it's more than just student it's apprentice it's a you learn by first watching and being so close that you can actually who is apprentice in anything shout it out what were you apprenticed in machine work student teacher that's right Nurse, captain, paramedic. I, w- I learned how to work on cars, and I've since given it up. But my dad, my dad, he, he once taught me, he, he would teach me, change the oil, change the tires. And I remember, because we had Beetles, we had Volkswagen Beetles. Anybody else have Volkswagen? You could change an engine on a Volkswagen Beetle with a 13-millimeter wrench. Seriously, you need a couple Allen keys like towards the middle, but that's it. That's the beauty of those bad boys. Then we got Volkswagen Golfs. I remember the heater core blew up and all this radiator fluid all over me. And (laughs) that was crazy. It was on the Thanksgiving evening or Christmas Eve or something like that. And my dad said, I taught you how to do this. Change the heater core. Do you know where the heater core is? Anyway, that's another story. It's a whole different sermon. But what I'm saying is, We've made Christianity too complicated, and we've made it too sterile. It's not enough hands-on. Complicated in that it just comes down to follow me, and like Philip says, "Come and see." That's his evangelism. That's his. That's his speech. That's his like strategy. No, no, seriously, just come and see. <laughs> I don't have to argue. I don't have to do nothing. Just come and see. And so then we end with a section of where we started the service. He says come and follow me to Philip. Philip says hey Nate let's let's go see what this guy's about. He says I don't know then he's proven. That's another little aspect before I get to Jesus talking about himself is however you've discovered that Jesus is the way is okay. I think a lot of, a lot of people in here they have a less dramatic story. Are you with me? I have a less dramatic story. Actually mine's pretty dramatic. My wife's is less dramatic. It was over a slow, long journey. She's following Jesus, and eventually she doesn't know a specific day and a time, but she became a follower of Jesus, a new creation in Christ. Mine was more dramatic, kind of like Nathaniel's. I, kinda, I, I saw a huge thing. Like I, I was at I was in Milford, Massachusetts. Anybody been there? Nope. OK, they used to do this thing in the 80s called roller rallies. And you've probably heard this story because I've been here before. But this is how I met Jesus. This is how Jesus became my Lord and Savior. I was roller skating and they would roller skate for a while. And then there would be an evangelist and come over and everybody would stop skating and sit on the, you know, sit on the floor. And this guy would tell you about how much Jesus loves you. And then he said, if anybody wants to follow after this guy, come and follow Jesus, skate forward. And so I received Jesus with roller skates. Do you remember that old song that says, No, you don't get to heaven on roller skates? No, you don't get to heaven. You guys aren't very good at this, (laughs) right? right, Okay, I guess it was too early in the morning for a pop quiz, but okay. (laughs) I did get to heaven on roller skates. So, bah, humbugged whoever wrote that stupid song. But then he ends it with, you may ask yourself, why, like, why, who is, is he worth following? You know, why follow him? Why? There's all these other voices saying, follow me. This is the way out. Follow me, and this is the way to get to true happiness. Follow me, and this is the way to money and fame and all this other jazz. Why follow Jesus? John, the gospel writer, ends it. He starts it with his description of Jesus and then Jesus standing with the real Jesus Christ. Please stand up. And Jesus Christ stands up and he says, This is why you follow me. All of this was talking about me. I'm the Son of Man. What does that mean? It's a two pronged truth. He knows your pain. He knows you. Like Steve was saying in the children's message, he knows you like Steve knows the chocolates that he made. Who who in here has children? How many of your children say, you're not me. How do you know me? At that point, you're like... Don't you realize that before you, there was my, your mother and I, and then you. We know you because we, we made you. In the same way, the Son of Man knows you. He hurts with you. He feels all those pains. He feels all those temptations. He feels all that lowliness, that earthiness but he's also big enough to handle it all. He's the son of man that's at the end of time going to be riding in on the clouds going, what's up? Nothing is bigger than me. No problem that you can think of. No, No struggle that you can throw at me. No temptation I can't handle. It's all like a little grain of sand compared to my glory and my majesty. Why follow? Because he made himself small enough so that he could look you each eye in the eye and say, follow me. And then as we do so, he takes all the hits and you are victorious found in him. Applications are simple. Your rabbi, your teacher this morning, Jesus the Christ, is saying when the music stops this morning, that's when the real journey begins. Follow me. May you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. Let's pray again. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, may we each be covered by the dust of your feet, Lord Jesus. We thank you that you are the real deal. You know our valleys. You're with us in our valleys but as son of man you're big enough to rescue us and all God's people said
2: thank you for the sermon sermon. now the title of the sermon was God found
0: Philip. Philip. my mic's on.
2: After the
0: sound, so thank you very much to for the first <laughs> job you the Sunday. Let's turn the mic. Thank you, Philip. And he also taught me, Philip is with one L. I didn't. I didn't realize that. I got that in the email. We've heard from God. Oh, first there's a hymn of response. Okay, let's stand and sing to his glory. What do you think of that? give our hearts to thine obedience what a phrase to cling to we've worshiped him we've heard from his word now we actively give back this morning's tithes and offerings are now received
6: ever breathe we live for thee
7: exercise that wonderful privilege that we have of taking our cares, our concerns to God. Please join me. Loving God, you so love the world that you gave your only son Jesus for its salvation. You have taught us to pray for all kinds of people in all kinds of circumstances. So hear us, as we exercise the priestly role with which you have entrusted us. We pray for the Church. Keep us true to the Gospel and aware of our gifts and responsive to the needs of others. May others see your saving power by our faith, our worship, and our lives. Guide the rulers of the nations, Move them to set aside fear, greed, and vain ambition and bow to your sovereign rule. Inspire them to strive for peace and justice, that all your children may dwell secure, free of war and injustice. Hear our prayers for this country. May your church be an embodiment of your truth for all times. Strengthen the moral fiber of our nation, leaders and people alike. Place people in leadership positions who will promote the welfare of all people and will seek to do your will. We pray for the impeachment process taking place in Washington. We pray that the results will bring positive healing to the nation. We lift up to you, O God, all who suffer because of severe weather, especially the homeless and others who need shelter from the storms. Open doors for them to find warmth and rest. We pray for those who suffer. Surround them with your love. Support them with your strength. Console them with your comfort and give them hope and courage beyond themselves. We especially ask today for healing for Sylvia Smith. Guide her doctors to a diagnosis and a treatment that will restore her health. Help her to put her complete trust and hope in you. We pray for Patrick and all who need your healing touch open our eyes to ways we can ease the burden of those who are ill. We pray for our families, for those whom we love, for those who may be hurting. Protect them at home. Support them in times of difficulty that they may grow together in mutual love and understanding. With your spirit to guide us and our worship reminding us that you are never far from us, help us become the disciples Christ would have us be. Attune our lives to the intent of the commandments, that we may love you with our heart, soul, and mind, and be enabled to love our neighbors as ourselves. We pray in the name of Jesus, who made such love possible For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now I will invite you to stand as we sing our closing hymn, which reflects on the whole message of this morning, Just a Closer Walk With Thee.
0: If you were ordained and installed last couple weeks ago as an elder or deacon, please meet Buzz in the Fellowship Hall. He's going to take your picture. And um, next week, make sure you join us. We have a congregational meeting. Uh, bring a can of soup, because that's Super Bowl Sunday. And then also, I just, we, I just preached about how, being covered by the dust of our rabbi, Jesus the Christ. How do we do that? And we're going to springboard into the Sermon on the Mount. So we're going to be learning, how do you walk and follow Jesus? And we're going to be looking at specifics. How do we do it in 2020? Instead of my normal benediction, I think, just repeat after me. May you be covered in the dust of your Rabbi Jesus Christ. May you be covered in the dust of your Rabbi Jesus Christ. And we have a choral benediction.